0: Hello and welcome to Fantasy Status. My name is Brian Krogsgaard, uh, or Ledger Status, as some know me as, and I'm here with a good buddy of mine who I'm in uh, a couple of different types of fantasy football leagues with. It's Aaron, also known as Crypto at Night on Twitter. Aaron, what's up, buddy?
1: Hey, Brian, how you doing, pal? Thanks for having me on. Heck yeah,
0: man! It's a pleasure to have you on. We've been in a dynasty football league for the last two years, and yeah. uh, I guess this is both of our third year doing. The uh, leagues that kind of kicked off this podcast—the um, originally the crypto street leagues—but uh, now me and Dale are uh, kind of leading these up, and you've you've done it three years in a row now, right?
1: Yeah, I've been in since the beginning. We you know we got a good crew that's been there uh, since the very first year, and it seems like each year the league gets bigger.
0: Yeah, it's a lot of fun, uh, and we will be talking a little bit about the summation of what's going on in those leagues. Uh, but we also want to talk about just some of the stuff that we're watching in football, some of the news, players that we like, players that we don't like, all that good stuff. If y'all want to go to fantasystatus.com, you can uh, check out past episodes and also check out our sponsors. Each of these leagues is sponsored. If you're interested in crypto, these are uh, great to check out. Dragon Chain is the sponsor of League One. Go to fan- uh, ledgerstatus.com slash Dragon Chain. They help you scale blockchain. Matcha. LedgerStatus.com slash Matcha is an aggregator for DEX products. allows you to trade across liquidity pools. It's really cool. Uh, Go to LedgerStatus.com slash Matcha for that. And then Stacked. Stacked Invest is a way to just put it on auto trade. Let it do it for you. You can even follow other strategies. Go to LedgerStatus.com slash Stacked for that. Thanks to our sponsors for, uh, you know, Giving us a little uh, a little nugget while we have fun doing uh, crypto and fantasy football combined. Um, so, Aaron, we can't ignore the news of the week, which is an unexpected bye week for a couple of teams. Um,
1: twenty twenty has no quit, Brian.
0: It doesn't. It's uh, it's not something that you know. It, it should be too big of a surprise. Like you thought, surely at some point you could have a covid outbreak but it looks like the uh titans in particular what if they had like 8 or 10 players and staff diagnosed yeah now? i
1: think I think a couple more today yeah um yeah
0: so what they're doing is the uh well the titans i think they were planning to maybe do the game monday or tuesday uh but then they had a couple of new cases pop up so they actually just postponed it and then I think, what are they doing there? And they're this is now the bye week, and they're moving their bye up, so they'll be playing later in the year where their anticipated bye was, right?
1: Yeah, I was excited actually. If it was Tuesday night, you know, that fills that Tuesday night hole as as <laughs> yeah, far that, as uh, that, that you football know football gap. goes. Yeah, so I was a little disappointed to, to hear that news, but uh, um, but it, it it also you know affects other teams as well.
0: Oh yeah, I mean teams that were. Um, it just the the buy structure and when people were going to do things, all kinds of stuff gets messed up by it. The league yep. knew this was uh, there was potential for this, and I feel like all in all they handled it pretty well from a scheduling perspective, and now it's just yep. the flexibility that you have to have in, in this age um, that they're facing now. What do you think about the fact that apparently uh, the long snapper was the first person to contract it, so everybody's blaming the long snapper?
1: You never want to be the long snapper on a team. It's, it's it's a it's a it's a task. Yeah.
0: Well, fortunately, <laughs> we're yep. laughing about it. But fortunately, that seems like uh, all or most of the cases are asymptomatic, and nobody's got a serious yeah. case of it. So it's mostly about trying to keep it contained and prevent it from getting further into the league. So that's why they're taking these precautions, which is proper. Um, yep. Like like you said, though, it's just twenty twenty things, man. You got to go with the flow in twenty twenty.
1: You do. You really do. And it was, I, I believe, uh, you know, they played Minnesota last week, and I don't think they've had anybody test positive.
0: Uh, yeah, which is good. So it sounds like, you know, wh- whoever this was uh, started from, it was either close enough to that game or after the game before it, it started piping up. So yep. that, that would be bad because that would, you know, you start canceling two games and, you know, it can spiral pretty quickly. Hey, what I want to talk about in this, though, is who it affects from a fantasy perspective in a couple of ways. It's not bad. AJ Brown owners, which I am one in, uh, in my league, uh, you know, he's already out. So it basically gives you another week of him healing up. And then you might actually get him during what was there by week. It will be an active week now. So that's not a big, uh, impact, but, uh, Derek Henry, Ryan Tannehill, pretty people have been pretty, pretty much starting them weekend week out. Right. maybe Johnny Smith. Yep. Um, yep. And then on the other side of the ball, we've got Roethlisberger, Connor, Juju, Deontay Johnson had was in the concussion protocol anyway, so maybe people would have been a little hesitant to start him. Was there anybody in, in uh, either of these teams that you're like panicking to try to replace?
1: Well, yeah. I, um, unfortunately for for my team, I I have almost the entire starting wide receiver core for the Steelers. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, I have Juju and, and Deontay. Oh, and, yeah. um, you know, that's that's a little bit of a hit. I mean, obviously what we're seeing in, in, you know, 2020 between this and the injuries is you have to have some depth. Yeah. And, uh, you know, to lose two guys that I've started every week, you know, really forces me to, to dig deep in the tool uh, bag as far as wide receivers go.
0: Yeah, and the way these leagues are set up, I think it makes it kind of nice for – um, for the structure, we've got two IR spots for one, yeah. but, uh, in this case, actually, unless the player has COVID, they don't, I don't think they move to IR. So it's not like the whole team's move. So it's just like a buy spot. Um, yeah. so in addition to IR, having enough bench spots for your team is also pretty important. I feel like, um, what, how are you, how are you moving around? I'm looking at your team right now. You've got Edwards alaire and Mixon, so your your running backs are pretty solid. Looks like you've put pulled up our buddy Allen uh Lazard to fill the yeah. to fill the gap. Could
1: have you could have used them last week. <laughs> yeah, no uh, doubt. <laughs> somebody, I'm not naming names, talked me out of that one. And uh yeah, I mean, I don't expect him to put up numbers like he did last week, but you know, I, I don't have many options. I, I'm very happy I mean I have Ridley I think, you know, at this point of the season, he's been He's a lock. a superstar, right? Yeah, you
0: can't bench him at this after these types of games.
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And then I I did pick up on waivers recently, uh Levisha uh, yeah. for uh Jacksonville. Yeah, I like him. Yeah, so I'm going to have to uh plug him into the old starters this week and, you know, hope he has one of those games, but this is when you're this is when you depth they have to pick it up.
0: Yeah, I actually so you put this is a question that I think is worth having cuz there's something in our league that I noticed. Uh, you've got Leviska Chenault in your flex, which I think he's a we have a dual flex, so like you know, you can go pretty deep in terms of who mm-hmm. who fits a flex in these leagues. Um, I think Chenault is a great upside flex but he's also got a decent floor because they've been giving him what three or four carries a game in addition to potential receptions so he's not the worst play in the world for Jacksonville um another one that you have on your bench and I'm curious what what your thoughts are you got Adrian Peterson on your bench, and he is actually on waivers in my league. Uh, Oh, really? Yeah, I've considered picking him up purely for this, like, panic floor play type of option because, Mm -hmm. you know, you get some injuries, which we're getting a ton of injuries, right, because of the lack of conditioning in the season, but, you know, more COVID breakouts. I feel like Adrian Peterson, I mean, he gets carries. It's not like he's getting receptions, but he's been getting the, like, 70% carry count, right?
1: Yeah, they've been basically treating him as a starter as they, you know, bring the rookie along. Um, so you get in those carries, and you figure there's going to be a game where he has, you know, one of those games where, yeah. you know, he's getting the ball a ton, he the breaks off line a, few, a couple touchdowns. Yeah, so, you know, it is an option to start him this week, um, but he's more know, of, he's
0: more of the floor play, right? Like you're, you're yeah, you're going to get like six points because he gets. 22 carries for 60 yards or something.
1: Right, and right. Like no, if, and yeah. no receptions. Yep, exactly, exactly. Unless and and when you no have son. the PPR, you know, you, you like having those guys that, you know, can add those catches to the, the stats.
0: Yeah, so I like your choice there on Chenault. And, you know, you got to take some risks anyway when you got to – not – I think Lazard's not, not the worst place. He's become the clear number two in Green Bay, but Devontae Adams might be back. Um and who knows who what else they'll try to mix up, especially if the opposing team knows that they're going to Lazard as like the primary non Devonte Adams uh, option, then he's, yep. he gets a little more attention from higher quality corners or something, and uh, you know the game gets a little bit harder for him.
1: Yeah, absolutely. When when you're getting the number one cornerback on the other team on you all the time, it you know it it it, it could sometimes will show some weaknesses for guys that aren't proven like that yet.
0: Yeah. Hey, you know, somebody else that I've had to consider replacing this week is Kareem Hunt because there's question whether or not he is going to be able to play. Um, what are your thoughts on Cleveland, the backfield there? I mean, Chubb and Hunt have both just been beasting all year. so what- Yeah, they
1: really have. It's You know, and it's interesting because you, you would think that in any particular game, one of them would have those fantasy numbers. But, you know, we're seeing – from game to game, you know, both guys are, are putting up at the same time, you know, respectable numbers, pretty good numbers. Yeah. Um, Ideally, if you're an owner of one of them, yeah. You know, you kind of want it to kind of lean you away a little bit more and and have the other guy, you know, get a little bit less, but you know, for, in a non-fantasy way, it's working out great. Yeah. Um, But you know, you, you gotta have, you know, with the injuries and everything we're seeing for the team, it's important to have those running backs, but it can hurt their fantasy value a little bit when two guys are playing that well.
0: Yeah, they really are. Uh, you know, some people predicted this, but the uh, the Vikings coordinator that came over to the Browns yep. and, you know, they people said like they're the gonna guy be- with
1: the the guy with the chin.
0: Yeah, I can't remember his name, <laughs> but th- they were like, you know, these these dudes are going to pound the ball on the ground, and they were saying it's going to hurt OBJ and it's going to hurt the wide receiving core and it's going to, you know, keep Baker in check a little bit. And so far that's holding true because, like you said, they're both getting carries. They're, I, And I feel like if you're the Kareem Hunt owner, you're pretty happy because you got decent value for him. If you're yes. the Chubb owner – so far, you're happy because he's a monster, like he's beasting on the ground. But all it takes is a couple of bust games, and you're like, man, I paid a first rounder for him, and Kareem Hunt's getting like just as many or more points and more carries and all that. Um, so I feel more comfortable as the Hunt owner than I would as the, as the Chub owner personally.
1: Absolutely, from an upside perspective and, and where he was drafted – um, You know, that that's a big, big score right now for those owners.
0: Yeah, and so far, who's really taking the beating is both Jarvis Landry and OBJ because yeah. they're just not – I mean, Landry especially, he's okay in PPR, but he doesn't get those deep threat type of uh, passes, and he's just not getting the volume that he normally would if they weren't running the ball so much, uh, which what? is a bummer for me because in our dynasty league that you and I are both in, I traded for Landry – Um in in the off season, just because I needed some th- some kind of stability at wide receiver, and honestly, he's hardly he's hardly flexible at the no, his current rate. You know, he, he,
1: he's a great receiver. He's a veteran. He's dependable. But he, so often, when you have a new offensive game plan come in, you know it really can change the dynamic from a fantasy point of view of of the opportunities and chances these guys are getting.
0: Yeah. All right, man. I got to read off. This is just funny to me. I want to get your get your opinions. The top five trending upward players off of waivers on Sleeper are Philadelphia wide receiver Greg Ward, Vegas wide receiver Hunter Renfro, Chicago tight end Jimmy Graham, New England running back Rex Burkhead, Buffalo wide receiver Cole Beasley. Give me your thoughts.
1: My my thoughts is uh, it's reactive, <laughs> yeah. right? You know, you want to you want to sell high, buy low. Yeah. Um you I mean, know, obviously everybody has a short memory they think about last week. Uh, Renfro, you know, he had a pretty good game against the Patriots.
0: And both and of their rookies are out right now. So Yeah, they, they have he some injuries be, there. He can't be seriously valuable for more than a week or two, right?
1: You know what? I, I took him in our dynasty league um, last year, his rookie year, because I liked what I saw of him coming out of Clemson as just a – a dirt dog, a little bit the way he plays. So I do like him if if he's in the right team, the right offense. Play, you know, I could see him taking a, you know, like an Edelman role, something like that. But he's got to be in the right offense. I'm not sure that's yeah, you know what the Raiders have.
0: Der- Derek Carr is he's not exactly Tom Brady, but he does like those little short routes and slants and easy throws. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, I can see it, but I don't know. Waller is the wide receiver one there. Um, maybe Renfro will get kind of some cleanup duty. I watched that oh, yeah. Monday night football game between them and the Saints, though, and I just didn't see anybody, anything from a pass perspective that w- looked super valuable to me. Um, nope. I want the tight ends and the running back there, and that's about it.
1: Yeah, and that night, you know, their tight end had you oh, know, a God. monster game.
0: Yeah, it's like. <laughs> He had like 17 three-yard passes. <laughs>
1: so, yeah, and then this week, you know, because I had him going, and I think he got 1.2 points at the Patriots, and that's what Belichick does. You know, he, he takes out that one weapon, makes you beat them with the other guys, and it killed me. You know, I was expecting some big numbers from him this week.
0: Yeah. All right, so also on this list that I just want to talk about a little bit, uh, Jimmy Graham cracks me up because I think he's older than you. And, uh, (laughs) but he's getting, he's getting some looks and he's, he's got some touchdown opportunity there in Chicago. Uh, Greg Ward, I kind of like, I picked him up in our dynasty league for free, like out of usually everybody's gone. We have deep benches. I picked up Greg Ward because I think he might just be earning himself a permanent role in Philly with all the injuries and everything else they've got going on there. And, uh, there's, I mean, he's an average guy, but maybe he could be like the Jarvis Landry type in Philly at some point. Yeah. um and then i
1: i think i mean out of the guy who i'm sorry who was the last one
0: uh greg ward
1: yeah so he's the one i'm probably least familiar with i mean jimmy graham yeah i can't tell you how many years i had him on my team and he did nothing or he was hurt you know after his first few great years um and then after that was jimmy graham
0: yeah well I got I got one person I want to focus on but I just I wanted to mention Greg Ward because I think that he might form a role for himself especially if Alshon Jeffrey who's supposed to be back either this week or next like if he underperforms uh he's kind of their magnet guy you know like managed to catch the ball um because otherwise they filled their team with speed you know they got Deshaun Jackson of course but Jalen Rager and John Hightower and uh, JJ, JJ or Sega Whiteside basically totally busted so Greg Ward was kind of the last guy left so I think he might manage there where I really want your opinion is this New England dumpster fire backfield and is Rex Burkhead really going to be the running back number one for New England
1: no no no. <laughs> there's no such thing in New England and you know that team's near and dear to my heart and, it, it, and it's always been this way. There, there's no number one. And, and it's part of its coaching where their offense does change from week to week. Um, part of it is injuries. You know, they have a running back coming back this week. Two running backs, actually. I mean, James White, who is an important part of their offense, you know, unfortunately, ha- you know, lost his dad and yeah. his mom's in serious condition from a car accident and hasn't played for two weeks. But, you know, Burkhead's been getting... Those touches, uh um, yeah, he got ten you know, under-
0: receptions last week, so that's gotta be going back to James White, and then, yep, Sony Michelle, who had hundred and seventeen yards, only had nine carries, so uh, <laughs> i know which is shocking honestly, that's shocking for Sony Michelle, usually it's like nine for fourteen yards or something, um, yeah, he
1: usually grinds right,
0: right, and then uh you know White'll get a couple carries, that little guy, Jacob Johnson or whatever, whoever it was, there's some little guy that... J.J. Uh, Taylor. Yeah, J.J. Taylor. That's the one I was looking for.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, he got a few carries. Damian Harris might be back before too long. He might get some carries. So I'm not seeing it for Rex Burkhead. Like, he's a fun guy to watch. I actually like watching him as a player. But I can't I can't imagine anybody but James White or Sony Michelle maybe in the flex being valuable. And even in that case, I wouldn't know that I'd call either of them particularly valuable anymore. Am I wrong?
1: Yeah. No, you're absolutely right. It would be tough for me to think about any of the running backs as a you know RB one, uh, even RB two. You know, maybe in a flex position, one of the guys depending on the opponent. Uh, but I think a lot of the uh, the Rex people are, are going to you know regret that they bought so high. Yeah.
0: All right. I've got uh, another one based on injury from last week. Tariq Cohen out for the season. Do you think David Montgomery can truly be a a good football player <laughs> like he's he's obviously going to get carries from a fantasy perspective offers a great floor now but do you think he can be a valuable player for Chicago or do they got to find somebody else to bring the dynamic dynamic component like Tariq Cohen used to do
1: no I do think he can be um you know I see glimpses of it you're you know he's a he's a player that I'm definitely excited about and I think that you know when you talk about that floor uh, you know I think somebody getting him the reward can be you know could really pay off it's just it hasn't happened yet and you don't know if it's talent wise or you know that offense let's face it you know especially last year that you know they struggle at times Um, but I think in the right situation he can be you know a full-time runner
0: yeah and I I heard he lost a little weight and you know he might be one of those people that just underperformed a little bit early in his career and off get it gave an opportunity to get him cheap like in dynasty leagues he got pretty cheap and in in drafts he was going really late right I don't remember what he went yeah. in our various drafts but must have been like sixth round plus right
1: yeah that's what it would seem like to me around those rounds
0: and now his percentage of overall carries has got probably top five in the league so mm-hmm. there was a there was a, a little bit of a, a value opportunity there that I mean, based statistically, most of us miss.
1: Yeah, and keep in mind, you know, there's a quarterback situation going on. Um, how does that affect the running backs, touches? You know, it, does it benefit him, one of those quarterbacks or the other?
0: Yeah, I don't know, man. I, uh, I got out from under old Nick Foles in our <laughs> dynasty league. This yeah. is not this this podcast is not supposed to be about our dynasty league, but I want I want your opinion on my trade. So everybody's you know down on Carson Wentz because it, he's been playing like garbage, but he's also got like half his O line injured, and I think all but Greg Ward injured on the wide receiver front. Um, and Nick Foles came in and, and got the start, took the and and they already announced he's starting this week uh, over Trubisky. They took over Nick Foles' whatever it was seventeen million dollar contract or whatever. So, I feel like they're kind of incentivized to let Trubisky fade off into the sunset with his rookie contract and and you know give Nick rolls Nick Foles the the ball. Anyway, I traded for Nick uh, uh, for Carson Wentz. I traded away Nick Foles and a second rounder. Did I overpay or underpay?
1: You know, if, if I'm being honest, you know, I, I don't know if that second rounder was a little bit too much of an incentive in, in the trade. I, I think in a short-term situation, you know, that's okay.
0: And this um, is a but, super flex league for what it's worth, so we do start two quarterbacks.
1: Yes, yep, we start two quarterbacks, and you know, typically I've always started two in this league because yeah. you know, the, the points are there. Um, you, you know, it just seems, right, everyone's down on Wentz right now. Billy's Philly is a tough place for a superstar player to have everybody down on uh, him.
0: the social element. You think he might just get benched for Jalen Hurts or something because people are ragging on him.
1: No, I don't, I don't think we're at that point, but it could be mentally tough uh, you know, for players in that city. It really can. Um, there's nothing that he's done that shows me he's, you know, not up for the challenge or mentally weak himself, but you know, it is a unique situation there. They, you know, they aren't happy with how the teams are playing. Um, but, you know, we've seen, you know, he's one of those weird quarterbacks that can just pull it out all of a sudden. And he's, he's still very young.
0: He's, he's tw- um, yeah, he's 27. If he, ends, if he truly is the franchise quarterback that they assume he is, then he's got like seven, eight years of really high-quality play left if he can figure himself out. Uh, yes, I heard so another. If, I heard another he podcast can, reference it as he's got the yips right now. <laughs> yeah, uh, hopefully that's all it is.
1: Well, it's been a weird year for everybody, you know. And he's he's human like the rest of us. But like you said, I, I think you made a great point right there. It's his prime is coming up now? When with Foles, you know, how much how many years does he have left? And in a dynasty situation, as we know, you know, you, you do have to have that long term, you know, look. When, you, when you're grabbing these quarterbacks. Yeah,
0: for sure. Uh, well, that, you know, that was my big thought there. Another one, I've seen this proposed in, I think, two different podcasts. They brought up these two players, uh, and we saw a trade go through that was the same scenario, and it was, who do you like better, uh, Joe Mixon or James Robinson? So Joe Mixon, Cincinnati running back, superstar with a terrible O-line, or James Robinson, who's been getting – a ton of carries in Jacksonville that trade went through in our dynasty league as well uh our buddy crutches got Mixon, gave up Robinson but he also gave up a first rounder I feel like that trade was pretty fair but l- give me your opinion maybe on that and then also in the 2020 sense which of these guys is going to be the better fantasy performer from here on out
1: yeah uh crutches is tough to trade with because uh, you know i always he knows more than you typically <laughs> right yeah. Uh, I own, I have both guys in different redraft leagues yeah. and, you know, Robinson, you've, you've gotten great value out of him right now. And as far as mixing goes, you know, he's young, he's a stud. They got a stud quarterback in there that team is on the rise. And I think having a starting running back and an offense that is going to just get better. Uh, is is going to play off really well uh for crutches you know I wonder where that first is is going to turn into but it's it's tough to argue that either side lost that trade
0: yeah and here's my thing and I agree with you the um uh, you know the uh now James Robinson owner, they're getting value this year because he's performing. He's putting points out, even though we don't know how it's going to be once some guys come back over there, you know, with Armstead and Zigbo and stuff. But I think James Robinson, he earned himself a starting role here. So he'll still get points, but. Cincinnati, they would be insane not using their first pick and maybe their first two picks or maybe go buy a veteran for that offensive line and end up with two or three new offensive line players because they've got skill players, they've got a quarterback for the future, they've got a backfield that's rocking and rolling if they have the opportunity. So I feel like Mixon's Mixon's future potential is really, really high. So for a dynasty for a dynasty league, I, I want to be buying Mixon from anyone who would be letting me. Um, unfortunately in our scenario, it was crutches who capitalized on that. (laughs) Of (laughs) Uh, but I do like, I do like James Robinson and Jacksonville. Uh, there's all right. I got one more team scenario. We're doing a little bit of a team scenario type of thing here. Um, what about the Cowboys, man? Like, it's kind of hard, isn't it? Because they just popped up with this guy. I got to lay one down and say there's no way. There's no way Cedric Wilson is going to be the leading receiver again this year uh, in, in in Dallas. But Cedric Wilson was the leading points guy. Dalton Schultz was the leading target guy the week before. Not to mention they have three what would be wide receiver ones on your team in the Patriots if the Patriots got a hold of Amari Cooper Michael Gallup or CeeDee Lamb they would be ecstatic wouldn't they absolutely absolutely it's so what the heck are you doing, Dallas
1: yeah you know from a fantasy perspective it's you kind of like what we described about the Patriots backfield where if if one of those players was on a different team and was more reliable as far as touches or catches it's it's such a big difference but the way their offense is set up right now, there's, there's such a wealth of skill position players that can do something at any time, um, in, including you know one of the best running backs in the league. Uh, it's it's tough to get everybody their touches when you have that many. I that how that guy had those points uh, this week was just out of left field. Nobody saw that coming. I'm sure the waiver wire had his name in it quite a bit.
0: Oh, yeah. I mean, I I know he was picked up a lot. I don't know if it was the smart thing to do is like just chasing recent points. Let's say you have some of these players. Do you hold them? Do you trade them, or do you bench them?
1: Well, you know, for for every seller, there's got to be a buyer. So for for me personally, you know, it would really depend if it's a redraft league versus a, a dynasty league. But if somebody's willing to overpay for one of them, I'd have no problem moving any of them right now, any of the receivers, anyways.
0: Yeah, I actually, I feel like I got lucky. Other than the fact that maybe I was wrong, like on Rodgers. but in another redraft league, I talked about this last week. I traded. It's a super flex league, three wide receiver league. So it's you know both both positions are valuable, um, but I traded away Aaron Rodgers and Amari Cooper but I got DeAndre Hopkins and I felt like I was winning that trade because DeAndre Hopkins is truly elite. Whereas Rodgers has put up some great weeks, but I don't feel like, um, I don't really feel like he'll necessarily be a top two at his position at the end of the season type of quarterback. So I felt like Mm -hmm. I had Joe Burrow, I had hoarded quarterbacks in that draft. So I have, uh, I had, I had Dak, Joe Burrow, Gardner Minshew, and Aaron Rodgers. So I feel like between Minshew and, and Burrow, I could fill out my second quarterback position well enough to make it take advantage of getting Hopkins over Amari Cooper, which I feel like is a huge upgrade.
1: Yeah. Well, what do we hear a lot in our fantasy leagues? Variants, right? That's yeah. the, the keyword that people use. So, you know, that's the right thinking as far as Rodgers. Yeah. He's had a great start. He'll going to put up great numbers, but w- What's really going to be the drop off there between your other quarterbacks, where you get somebody like Hawkins i mean i I love watching him play and that quarterback he has out that's in awesome. arizona that that's a that's a great offense and when they get going uh they they put up some numbers and 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 you know considering what Houston did to him, he's got a little bit of a chip on his shoulder, and yeah. you always kind of want that in your you know number one wide receiver
0: and uh you know, if like you said, if they get going, he could get twelve to fifteen targets in a game, oh, yeah. and he is always going to be the first look. And in Dallas, I love Dallas, man. I've got I've got shares of Dallas wide receivers, but it makes me it makes me nervous whether I'm trying to start CD or Amari Cooper or whoever. Like, I just I feel like I could get goosed any given week.
1: Yeah, yeah. With Hopkins, if he's on, if he's in your lineup. You don't have to touch it except for the bye week. You don't even think about another player in that spot.
0: Yeah, and those are the most, those, those are the most uh, fun types of players in fantasy. Is where you just – they're auto-start. Yep. Um, all right. Hey, do you think that Lamar Jackson is going to be a bust this year from a fantasy perspective?
1: No, I don't. I, I think what we saw last week, he was in a position – I mean, Kansas City – You know, they played a great game, but the big thing was they got out early and it took Baltimore out of their game plan. And I don't think they're used to that. I don't think they're used to putting uh, Jackson in that position where he's got to throw, but he didn't do bad. You know, he he still was throwing. It's not like he laid an egg, Uh, but I think that team's good enough that they're not going to be in those positions. They're not going to be playing in Kansas City every week. They're not going to be behind by that many points early in the game. I think he's a, an absolute stud as far as fantasy numbers go. All
0: right, let's play uh, running quarterback, fantasy production, end-of-year predictions. Here are your candidates. Josh Allen, Kyler Murray, Cam Newton, Lamar Jackson. Put them in order. Who's going to have the best Ky- performance at the
1: end of the year? I'm going to say Kyler Murray. All right. This is a total points we're talking here?
0: Yeah, total points.
1: All right. I'm gonna go Kyler Murray, Lamar Jackson, um, I'll go Cam Newton last. Who is the third one? Josh Allen. Yeah, Josh Allen. Josh Allen's been great, but that's I that's where I go. The, the the biggest question I would have are those first two. Okay, you know, I, so you're I, I
0: saying think. you're basically saying Josh Allen will fade a little bit. Kyler will still be awesome, and you're saying Lamar will essentially pick up because he'd have to pass uh he'd have to pass a lot of people right now.
1: Yes, he would. But you know, it's been three weeks. Um, I'm not. I'm not going to base anything on one game. I think overall that team's going to be fine, and he's going to be just fine. But do, I do like Kyler Murray the most.
0: Do you think Cam Newton will be a uh, top ten fantasy quarterback at the end of the year?
1: Top ten? Yeah, I, I think he's in that lower tier of the ten.
0: Okay, so you um, think you think the rest of these guys though are top five pretty much? Like it? It's, yes. So you're saying Josh Allen, Kyler Murray, Lamar Jackson, that leaves maybe Russell Wilson and Patrick Mahomes as top five. That's a I mean, that's a pretty deep set of high performing quarterbacks this year, isn't it?
1: Yeah, yeah. And I think adding the two in you did is exactly what it should be. You know, there's a couple of the older guys like Breeze and Brady have fallen out of that group. Uh, but I think that, you know, that's the top five right there, yeah.
0: And what we might also see is like Matt Ryan, Ben Roethlisberger, a couple of those guys that uh, historically have been great fantasy performers at the quarterback position. It's going to be hard for them to, to, to top the, you know, top, to get that top grade uh, this year because they don't have the, they don't have the rushing component.
1: No. And, And they're not as consistent as those, you know, players that we just named it's, You know, Matt Ryan, like he'll go out and he'll have a couple, you know, 40 point fantasy games, but he'll have a few weeks where he's in that 10 to 12 point range as well, where I don't think you see that as much from the other guys.
0: You know, the other person that that leaves out from a fantasy perspective is Deshaun Watson, who a lot of people were hot on, but he's had a really tough schedule Kansas City, Baltimore, Pittsburgh. So he's kind of the odd man out from a like that dual threat athletic quarterback um, but he's got his schedule eases up here he's got minnesota jacksonville tennessee coming up do you think that deshaun watson can end the year as a qb1
1: yeah well you know we've got to remember a couple things is like you said that schedule is just a ridiculous uh, way to start the year off also you know going back to the wide receivers you know he lost his guy you know his guy is gone yeah that's going to make a difference but you know Houston. If you remember last year, they started off pretty bad, and then something happened. A switch went, and they and they turned it on. They figured it. Do out. I think? Yeah. Do I think he's going to do that? Maybe. You know, maybe not. From what I've seen in the first three games, watching the offense, it's not giving me that. I guess wow factor where where they're clicking. Um, you know, for example, you watch Mahomes. You know, any week, but especially the other night, and you're just like, wow. Yeah. And you see it. And I haven't gotten that feeling with Watson yet.
0: Houston doesn't really scream that. Which, which wide receiver do you want to own in Houston, Will Fuller or Brandon Cooks?
1: Well, the worry with Brandon Cooks is – Concussions. Yeah, and, and you hate – no, I'm not
0: – Let's say both of them hate. stay healthy, which is <laughs> unlikely for either of them
1: yeah.
0: uh, based on history. But let's say both are healthy through 16 weeks. Who would you rather have on your fantasy team?
1: I would go with Fuller just, I, I think, from a more consistent week-to-week perspective.
0: Yeah, he's got that higher upside too, for sure. Yeah. All right. That's our thoughts on uh, on the season, but we need to talk about our league situation and the standings in the league. So what we're going to do is we're going to talk about what happened this week and uh, kind of where our, our records are at. And let me jump over to that. I should have been better prepared here. Um, League 1 is the Dragon Chain League. This is uh, Dale's League, I believe. And if we go to the standings on League 1, our buddy Dale, who's not here today, of course, uh, I think he got his first loss this last week. And Fighting Sphinx is the only 3-0 team left in their league. And they've got one 0-3 league. However, from a points-4 perspective, they've got... Uh, a guy while such football has four hundred and six points, whereas their low performer is about th- two oh as, at two seventy seven. That's that Ric Flair character. So old Ric Flair on the struggle bus. But um, overall, that's a pretty pretty competitive league from a matchup perspective. I don't I don't see anything too crazy from this last week. Let me jump back to one thing. Uh, they had a couple close matchups. Let's see. Actually, everybody was close in this league, so it was pretty tight. Nothing, nothing too crazy. Uh, one performance thing to mention: that Indianapolis defense, man, are they for real?
1: I I played against them last week, so I don't want to talk. I, I had a <laughs> protest flag up. Uh, Unbelievable!
0: Well, they scored twenty five points, and it helps lead Akeel yeah. uh, to victory over in that league. And then let's see another one. Ooh, this is rough. All right, so Slayers on that in League One. He, he has Alvin Kamara, Alan Lazard, and Calvin Ridley all starting last week, and he lost.
1: Really? Yeah, that's brutal. Weird, weird. Can you see where he got really hit? Like how? Uh,
0: yeah, let me. If I take a look at their box score, it looks like uh, the opponent had. Let's see. How did he lose? where did he lose they had aaron rodgers austin eckler had a great week deandre hopkins cooper cup so they just kind of performed across the board they scored 129 yeah. to his 110 oh lamar jackson way underperformed expectation chris carson underperformed austin hooper underperformed and the saints yep. d hardly got anything so yeah all his points were centered on those on those leaders but that's a that's a tough hit man cuz those guys were beasting i mean what do you, that run from Kamara on Monday night was sick,
1: wasn't it? It really. That was that was a you know whoop. You hear Berman doing a whoop whoop. He did. <laughs> he made it. He made the defense just look absolutely silly on that. It's good to see him back. The NFL needs him. You know he's he's a great running back. You know I felt he had a little bit of an off year last year. Um, so it's good to see those those RB ones. You know putting up plays like that one.
0: Yeah, all right. League two is the matcha league. Ledgerstats. dot com slash matcha aggregated dex trading. It's really awesome. Give it a shot. You've got three hundred fifty nine points, and that puts you close to the top in this league. There's, woo, Daddy Lambo four hundred and fourteen points overall. Uh, give me, give me your thoughts on how how League two is going.
1: Well, you have the, uh, you know, the the GM Prince, uh, you know, our buddy Prince. He he pops in, you know, once every three months. <laughs> Don't know how he's three and all. <laughs> well,
0: but he's got, he he's yep. got Kyler Murray, uh, and Tyree kill. So those help.
1: Yeah. He also has only had 303 points against them, which is helping him out. I'm not knocking him, but he is <laughs> off to a good, you know, three and all start, uh, in the other division, uh, team nuts, um, they're three and all as well. And, you know, he, he's got about 380 points scored again, you know, last, uh, 300 points against him.
0: And you played uh, but him this week, so that, that NDD got you. You know they're the third-ranked defense in the NFL right now?
1: I know, I know. No, not only did the NDD get me, I started the Saints' D, and and they got negative points. So it was even – it was double whammy there. So I, I did lose. Um, Y'all's, you know, I got Y'all's a, league had I got three
0: 50-point blowouts. Uh, Three, yeah, and which then, stinks. And then uh, our buddy Dynasty won in your Toilet Bowl uh, game. <laughs> he won with 89 points starting uh, Jeff Wilson Jr.
1: <laughs> hey, you know, just like Al Davis used to say, just win, baby. Just win, baby.
0: And uh, I, pr- that one you mentioned with Prince was a squeaker, man. 130.2 versus
1: 129.7. You like seeing those close games.
0: Uh, so you got – Beat in a pretty close one, lost by fourteen points to to nuts with a ninety four pointer. Where's that put you guys from a standings perspective? Do y'all have any? You have two undefeated we, teams, nuts yeah, and Prince. Yeah, we
1: have a three and zero team in each division, and then it's mostly you know two and ones, one and twos, with the exception, my boy Chucky P, uh, Ponzi there, zero and three. Tough star for my guy but
0: it always happens this way somebody gets teamed up on he's got 426 points yeah, scored against him
1: he, he's running to a buzzsaw every single week. so it's you know it, it's that's that's a tough way to do it because you're just like oh you no know, kind of like the texans in their early schedule and then we have uh these nuts having a tough time at at oh and three so uh chucky p and D's nuts they got to get going i'm sure dynasty will get going he's you know he's over oh,
0: Yeah. And then uh let's skip over to league 3 and in this one uh not to brag, but I do have the most points for on the season so far and um, I'm I'm 3 and 0. I'm also lucking out. I've got some of the fewest points against me with only uh 300 against me. Um our league's been pretty competitive though. And let's see here. I might have lost Aaron for a second, so I'll see if he's still on. Um, but from a standings perspective, we've got two and 3-0 teams, myself and Hans, a bunch of 2-1s, and and then we've got three 0-3 teams in ours, including one guy who I played this week called Wuhan Kor, who has the least of all. Um, and then everything looks okay in terms of uh, – what, what we've got going on, uh, sorry, I lost Aaron. He'll be back here in a second. Um, in terms of Week 3 matchups, I won by about 50 points, and then uh, even Tunes won. Despite fading Tunes, even Tunes won. There was a really close matchup between Impermanent Losses and Antifa Super Soldiers, 160 to 146. Impermanent Losses is definitely one of the high-scoring Uh, teams in this league and then no real close matchups to worry about Um, so looking forward to week four that's what we got Uh, we lost Aaron on the end there so that's brutal you know just getting hit like everything everybody else in 2020 I don't think he'll be able to pop back on before we're done so what we're going to do is leave it there thanks for joining us we'll catch y'all next time Go to fantasystatus.com. Check out our sponsors and the leagues. We appreciate you listening.